Welcome to episode 38 of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and in this episode, we're going to be talking to Sean Stevenson, best-selling author and creator of The Model Health Show, which has been featured as the number one nutrition and fitness podcast in the world on iTunes. He's got a university background in biology and kinesiology, and Sean and I are going to cover many topics in this episode, including the importance of sleep and smoothies. Stay tuned, and I'll be back with you shortly. I'm super excited about this episode of the Raw Food Podcast. I have Sean Stevenson on the show. He's the host of the number one fitness and nutrition podcast. He's a professional nutritionist. He's doing amazing things. He's got a huge audience, and I'm completely honored to have him on the Raw Food Podcast today. So, Sean, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, this is a special thing in my heart, you know, talking about raw food, and a lot of people don't know that. So, I'm so excited to be on. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited because I think one of the things we were talking about in the in the chat before we hit record here was just how I really love how you're kind of a manly man and you're you're really fit and doing all the traditional guy things, but at the same time, not too traditional. You're the perfect balance of someone who's interested in nutrition and likes to be fit, but also is wanting to get a lot of um, you know, nutrition from plant-based foods and all of those good things. So I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. And I think for some of our listeners, what I wanted to start out with was just to t- ask you a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are today and how you got there. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> so I guess we'll get in the DeLorean, you know, go back. <laughs> right there shows that I'm a bit of a nerd right there. Uh, so yeah, my story, uh, I can just give a brief snapshot at the beginning, but basically when I was 20 years old, um, I was an aspiring athlete and I was diagnosed with um, uh, a bone degeneration, a spinal de- degeneration condition. And my the disc in my back as well were, were degenerating rapidly. And so my physician at the time told me that I had the spine of an 80-year-old and I was 20. Oh my gosh. And because of that, you know, in listening to him and really believing every word that he was saying, because that's what we're programmed to do. Mm -hmm. I thought there was no hope. Like, I'm just going to have to deal with this. As a matter of fact, he said those words words to me because I was used to working with my trainers for sports. And I'm just like, all right, let's fix this. Mm -hmm. He's like, whoa, slow down. There's nothing you can do about this. This is something you're just going to have to deal with. They love to say that, don't they? I mean, it was like right out of the script, you know. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I have no idea what possessed me, or maybe it was my future self going back in the DeLorean to ask this question. (laughs) But I asked him, does this have anything to do with what I'm eating? Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I really took on what he was, what he said. Fast forward, I see four other physicians. They all say the same thing. And now I'm 22 and a half. Um, I've put on 40, between 40 and 50 pounds Mm -hmm. of not good stuff. This is fat, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm still in college on the college diet. So I'm eating all of this fast food and just kind of uh, sitting around playing Madden because I it was really difficult for me to walk actually and it was embarrassing you know I had to wear a back brace and you know I just can't even it's difficult for me to talk about actually I'm trying to keep my composure mm-hmm. whenever I bring it up um, because it was definitely this um, very vulnerable spot in my life mm-hmm. especially at so, that young age too you you're still trying to f- figure out what you want to be right and also you don't even you don't you, we think we know we literally have no clue about reality, you know, and uh, we, we have this tendency in our culture also to um, ask disempowering questions and the way that our brains work, our brains really operate on questions that you ask. As a matter of fact, there's part enough. I'm a very I'm a hardcore science guy. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like to get too metaphysical, you know, airy fairy, although I do. You know, I, I love that stuff. I love talking about spiritual aspect of things. But when it really boils down to it, you know, I've got a man brain right? and I'm like, okay, so why does this work? There's mm-hmm. a part of our brain called the reticular cortex and also the reticular a- activating system or the RAS. And this part of your brain is like a servo mechanism. It's like, um, it's sort of like a heat seeking missile, you know, whatever you're targeting on, whatever you're focused on, you're going to see that thing. 
you're going to find more affirmation to its existence. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're constantly asking your brain, like, what's wrong with me? Your brain is going to be scanning for problems, things that are wrong with you mm -hmm. to affirm that. Or, you know, why won't somebody help me? Your brain is going to look for things to affirm why people won't help you. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of makes, puts you into a darker and darker place. So 22 and a half, big breakthrough moment happens where I'm sitting there and I start to really question everything. And I encourage people to do that. Question everything. Mm -hmm. And you'll find even in your spiritual practice, it'll make you a stronger person because you're actually, you're not just, you don't have blind faith. Mm -hmm. You know, you actually put tables, I mean, legs under that table of your belief. You know, it's not all shaky. So question everything. And I started to question, you know, and also looking at all the potential that I had, you know, and in particular for me, it was my grandmother who really affirmed that, you know, I was a special person and I had all these gifts and she was always proud of me. And now I'm sitting here and I'm not that person. Mm. So I start to question what happened. And I started to ask, what is it that I need to do to be that person? What is it that I need to do to change? Biggest question for me was, what can I do right now to start my process of healing and being better than I used to be? Mm -hmm. So I start to ask all these different questions and just, um, you know, it's not like unicorns came out or anything like that, or, you know, <laughs> rainbows and all that, but something changed in me. And that was the first night that I slept through the night without waking up in pain because the pain was so bad for me, just changing positions while sleeping, it would wake me up. Mm. And I woke up the next day and I started, I put together a plan, right? And it's just like, this is what I'm going to do over the next six weeks. Step number one, and that was the closest thing to where I was at that time in my life because I didn't really understand nutrition. Mm -hmm. Step number one was to move again. All these doctors were telling me, don't move, bed rest, you know, um, be careful. Mm -hmm. you, the human body requires movement in order to heal. It's just like, you know, you've heard this before. If you don't use it, you lose it, yep. right? Yep. So just for, and there's different studies that show this, even on in, in animal studies, you know, showing um, horses if the horse experiences a, a broken bone, that's grounds usually for the horse to be, you know, quote, put down. Mm -hmm. you know, but there were studies done showing that when they would supplement the horses with calcium, the horses would not assimilate it and their bone density would not improve unless they were walked. Mm. Okay. So just that process of moving encouraged my body to, to get better because it, now it had a reason to. Mm -hmm. Second thing was I stopped eating fast food. It's just like. <laughs> That's as close as I knew, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I knew it was bad for me, but I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know why it's bad because <laughs> oh, you said you have the, the science brain. I have the airy fairy brain. That's another <laughs> reason why I wanted to have you on the show. But keep going. <laughs> okay, we can get we can come back in, into that and talk about that. <laughs> but so what I began to do was uh, instead of eating, you know, the fast food burgers and, and, and the French fries and the shakes and all stuff, I started to make it myself. And this is the big one in this, in this, in this conversation. I started to get higher quality ingredients. Mm. So I live in the Midwest, right? And Whole Foods was like a new place here back then. You know, so this is like, I don't know, 14 years ago. Mm. It just opened a location. It's just like me shopping there and like three random people, <laughs> right? And now it's just packed all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it used to be me and like some random old guy with like a tie dye shirt on <laughs> and uh, like a professional athlete or something. Mm -hmm. And I was just like getting higher quality ingredients and making the same foods. And so there was a radical shift in my in my health and my mm -hmm. vitality just from doing that. And it's also a healing experience. And this is kind of where we get to the airy fairy good stuff is, you know, everything is energy, you know, and the energy and intention that you put into that food does have an impact. And even for me to say this, of course, I looked at the studies and mm -hmm. even studies done by the U.S. military showing that we do, in fact, impact um, the, the environment around us with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And in particular, other people is what the studies we're looking at. So anyways, um, six weeks go by and I lost 30 pounds. And that's not typical. I'm telling you now, it's mm -hmm. not like everybody can do that. Yes. But that was not supposed to be on me in the first place. And it just flew right off. Mm -hmm. Um, the pain was gone. It was as if I had never experienced the pain. And that's when you really know you're healed is when you're just going on living your life and you forget, mm -hmm. you know, like I forgot that I was ever in pain. Mm -hmm. So it was about four or five months later when I finally got a scan done and the physician looked at it and he said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Wow. He'd never seen uh, somebody's bones regenerate like that. Mm -hmm. you know? 
and it wasn't in its paradigm that it was possible. But here's the secret, guys, is that your body requires the raw materials it needs to rebuild itself. Mm -hmm. right? So if in comes honeycomb cereal and a cheeseburger, you could forget <laughs> about your body having the stuff it needs to rebuild itself. You know, so um, what I also did, and this is can kind of lead into our more advanced conversation, is I included a lot of uh, raw and living foods, you know, um, things that had a tremendous amount of um, bio photons and enzymes and bioelectricity and vitamins and nutrients and mm -hmm. um, things that were bioavailable, you know, for the body. And that would, that's what really took me from, from good to great. And the people that saw the transformation that happened, people started to ask me for help while I was at my university. I shifted my course of study to biology mm -hmm. and worked with, you know, thousands of people, impacted hundreds of thousands of people since then. And mm -hmm. here I am today. Wow, that's a heck of a story. It is a heck of a story. And one thing that I, I find really interesting about it is we know a lot of people with health challenges sometimes do turn to food, particularly when it's, say, I'm not sure, like Crohn's and colitis or stuff that really we think about as being more impacted with food, like right. stomach issues or whatever. But I think it's really interesting and notable that it can be even something because it, basically it was affecting your back, mm -hmm. right? Right, right. So that's something that we wouldn't necessarily think, even me, like to think right. of, of to turn to food. But it's so true is when we're trying to heal something and we're not giving our body the tools it needs to heal, then yeah. it it can't heal. Exactly. And it really boils down to this statement, which is food is not just food, it's information. Mm -hmm. And what it really... What it really boils down to is an example that I had very close in my life of seeing that physician saying, this has nothing to do with what you're putting in your mouth, but put these pills in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Right? So yes. that's the paradigm. It matters what you put in your mouth, whether it's a drug or a donut. Mm -hmm. Everything you put into your mouth is going to have a tremendous impact on every single cell in your body of upwards of 100 trillion cells. And they're all communicating with each other, you know every single molecule that goes into your mouth. And we have so much dominion and control over that, but we're often asleep to the process, you know, because we don't really get that it matters. You know, still in our culture, people still, for the most part, the, the greatest percentage of, of the country still thinks that if you want to lose weight, you need to exercise more, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And of course you can count calories and diet, but your food quality doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. you don't, they don't think about that. And now, like, there's this huge revolution happening, and I'm honored and, and so excited to be a part of it with this podcast movement, you know, and the, the word is getting out there and spreading like wildfire to mm -hmm. the degree, like, you know, when I travel, if I go out of town, people know me, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I'm some kind of celebrity or something. Mm -hmm. And you know, people listen to celebrities, Dr. Oz, right? <laughs> I just, I promise you, just yesterday, just yesterday, somebody posted on Facebook, and they tagged me in the post because Dr. Oz, he broke the news that brown rice is not good for you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I've been telling people this for years. And that's what somebody said. They was like, nope, Sean told me this two years ago. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I don't want to freak people out without telling them what's going on. So if you think about it, Asian cultures, right? Um, yes. So Indian cultures, Asian cultures, why do they eat white rice? You know, it's just like they live longer than us. You know, the Okinawans, for example, most centurions in, in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why when you go to a restaurant, you know, they're eating white rice, why haven't they not got the memo that brown rice is better for you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, thousands of years ago, they figured out that the bran, the part of the rice that they remove has a potential gut irritant that mm -hmm. causes immune stuff to happen, mm -hmm. you know? So it's similar to like a lectin that would be found in wheat. You know, a lot of people get off wheat, but mm -hmm. they're still eating brown rice and still kind of feeling bloated and puffy and maybe not digesting that well. Some people, they can eat it, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay. But a lot of us continue to eat this food and wonder why we're not really getting the results that we want or we don't feel as good as, as we can feel, especially if you pull that food out and see how good you can feel. Now, I'm not saying that white rice is good for you. It mm -hmm. is just a simple starch, but you're not gonna be dealing with the potential gut irritant mm -hmm. that's found in the brand of that of that rice. So that's, that's what I was expressing to people you know, because a lot of, I've worked with a lot of people, uh, patients with Crohn's and colitis, and I've seen dozens and dozens of cases of these things getting reversed completely. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just understanding some of these basic principles. For sure. Well, it's funny that you were kind of talking about food and exercise. One of my um, recent podcasts that I did, we kind of did a little duel, like a duel about what's more important, food and exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was advocating for food, and it, it was just a, a fun little argument that we did. But I think that one of the things that I wanted to ask you too um, was when you were at that time in your life when you were getting interested in health and nutrition. Was it really during that healing period? Was it more the idea for you that was about moving and exercising to even say lose that weight during that period, or was it more about the food, or did you feel like you were doing both and? you had to do both at that time and because I, I like to sometimes say say or that people enter the idea or the world of health through one door it might be the food door or the right. athletics door right. but it, probably if you were an athlete before yeah that was probably your first door yeah exactly you're you're right on the money you know we do what we know how to do well matter of fact it's better even said we don't know what we don't know Mm-hmm. You know, so it it really started for me. Yeah, the the athletic background was the door that I went through, but very very quickly, that transitioned to the food because mm-hmm. I saw that. And by the way, so the athletics can be the door you go through just to kind of start the process. But for everybody, not for everybody, but if we do a deeper introspection, we might find that it's everybody. But for a lot of people. The food is like a doorway through a higher consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, just like you kind of wake up, you kind of realize that, you know, what, what I put into my body really does matter. And it like creates my brain and it opens up this feeling of optimism and all this other good stuff, you know. Um, so for me, yeah, it was definitely the athletics door. And then food quickly became the transition because I woke up through that process, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. I've seen that for a lot of like the leading health experts that I've had the opportunity to, to share time with same thing, you know, like that was the doorway to them kind of becoming enlightened in a certain way was through food. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, that maybe it could be I'm a little bit interested to chat with you a little bit about the differences between men and women. And I know you've worked and coached with a lot of people. I wonder if men are more likely, and I don't like to make such huge gender you know assumptions okay. but guys okay. might be going into that world a little bit more through the the athletics door and then because even when we most of the guys that i know that are interested in nutrition might be more interested in their body or in working yeah. out and that kind of thing and that's almost maybe a way for guys within the guy groups to be more comfortable talking about food because I know with some of the women that I work with who are maybe interested in raw food and eating healthily they have such a huge struggle with getting their guys on board or you know their their men are really into meat and potatoes but the women want to eat healthy so Mm -hmm. do you see do you find you're working more with men versus women or I don't know you know it's Let's be let's be real here. Women are generally more tapped in already. You know, mm-hmm. women are generally more sensitive and open and receptive because the feminine energy is more of a receiving uh, energy. Mm-hmm. You know, so understanding that what I put into my body matters. You know, what uh, how I'm interacting with the outside world matters. Mm-hmm. You know, so the most intimate thing in our reality is what we take from outside of us and put into our body. Mm-hmm. That's the most intimate thing. And women kind of inherently just get that where guys are more um, external and more forceful, more pushing out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just the way that we're designed and that's all good. But we both, all of us have both, you know, it's just the ratio is a little bit shifted. Mm-hmm. Not to, you know, kind of be down on, on my fellas. It's just, <laughs> it's just to understand this is just kind of how we're wired up. Yeah. Um, now with that said, guys, we and this is a huge tip to the ladies out there that are interested in being in a relationship with a guy or you're already in one. We don't really like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't really like to be the person who um, didn't know something, mm-hmm. right? So what guys are looking for are things that profound knowledge, you know, just that one thing. And we just kind of like, it'll just snap for us, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, of course, of course. <laughs> so when you bring a... a when you bring a nugget into a guy's 
um, field of vision, uh, an insight like this that you can't out-train a bad diet. Mm -hmm. right? When you bring something like that in, it's just like, you're right, you know? And then we just kind of just, automatically we shift gears, you know? And there's a great um, analogy you can look at. Just say you're, just say I got you on a treadmill, right? Mm -hmm. So Lord Jane's on the treadmill, just going at it, all right? It's and a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Keep so going. The treadmill, and then I hand you, a, uh, a super, what is it called? A big gulp from oh. from 7-Eleven, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm handing you, and it's like a double big gulp. I don't think they sell these anymore. My mom's <laughs> buy these things. But just say we've got, you know, 900 calories in this beverage. Mm. You drink that down while you're running, right? And guess what just happened? Now you've got to run another 90 minutes to an hour, mm -hmm. right? and something you just drank in about 30 seconds, mm -hmm. right? You can drink that down, we'll, we'll say it took you a minute, all right? So you can drink that down in 60 seconds, but it's gonna take you two hours to, to quote, burn it off. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about the hormonal aspects and how it doesn't really even work like that. <laughs> just from a like a- Yeah, high level concept. A primitive view of this stuff, you can't possibly out-train what you put into your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. So you want to work with your body as far as the nutrition cons is concerned, so that you can exercise less, eat more, and just really feel good. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like what a concept. That's what we all really want. It's just we've been kind of eating the wrong foods. For sure. So speaking of what kinds of foods we're eating, of course, I know you're doing eating the best of both worlds right now. But I know you did in the past dabble in some raw eating. And I know you eat a lot of raw food now, not completely raw, but a lot of plant-based foods. But did you have a period of time where you were eating more? And tell us about that journey. Okay. Yeah. So um, we already have established I am not a vegan. Mm -hmm. I am, I am a, I guess... I guess I'm vegan friendly, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I dedicated five years of my life to um, to veganism and those principles. And I'm a 100 percent kind of person when I'm in something. So right now I'm 100 percent in happiness. Love it. You know, I'm 100 percent in what feels good to me. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I was 100 percent in the principles of like it was absurd to, for me to even consider eating any cooked food, mm -hmm. you know, for three and a half year, of those years. Um, I'm not, I didn't like have a day off or have a cheat meal or I ate something cooked. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I couldn't conceive of the idea. Mm -hmm. And I ran that experiment for myself to really see what, what it does, you know? And for the first two years, I mean, it was incredible. You know, it's basically like you're on a cleanse, mm -hmm. but you're still eating, you know? And I felt more, um, spiritually connected than I've ever felt. And again, there's that word. It's kind of like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I just, um, I just felt so clear and connected. I felt so awake, you know, and that was incredible living that life. Mm -hmm. And I learned so, so very much during that time period. Um, I required less sleep, mm -hmm. you know, which is another interesting thing. So I had, I had maybe an extra hour a day for education and I was just deep into reading and, and, and consuming this information and finding out about nutrition. I was just, I, I adored it you know, and that led me to a place of some assumptions that I got an opportunity to question. And this is what I started with the show is like question everything. Mm -hmm. And I saw right around the time when I started to experience low energy. And by the way, I'm not that person that like gives up, you know, on my belief. I tried, like, you would not even believe how many different approaches, you know, mm -hmm. from the 80, 10, 10 to the high fat to the you know, whatever it is, and then especially with, with herbalism and um, finding these foods that can maybe help to address my problem, mm -hmm. uh, which for me was low testosterone, mm -hmm. right? And my genetics are pretty close. And this is, let me share something, that the, a book showed up and it just kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like at this point in, in human evolution, we haven't had a truly like vegan society before. Like this is a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. And... Well, then I started to, well, I questioned it and was like, well, what about the Indian culture where, you know, there's a lot of vegetarians? Well, they're consuming dairy. The cow is sacred, mm -hmm. you know, because it's that kind of connection to um, these is very just very dense 
sources of, of protein and all that kind of stuff. We're not even going to get into that. But um, so I'm looking at, OK, well, what about the, the Hunzas and the societies? What about the societies that don't eat very much meat, mm-hmm. you know, or animal products? It might be five percent. But it's just like I started to question, like, what if that five percent matters? Mm-hmm. And so that that came up for me right with a time when I started having a, a tough time getting out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, we found out low, testosterone had dropped. And here's a big secret for everybody. And there are ways around this. If you want to, of course, um, taking a vegan approach, there are ways around this. Now I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my cholesterol was too low. What? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, right? Cholesterol is the seed for your sex hormones to get built. Hmm. Right. And your body will produce cholesterol about a teaspoon a day on its own, right? Mm-hmm. But your liver has to be working phenomenally well. And also, you need to be, you know, and with that said, you need to live in like a pristine conditions. You need to be getting a ton of sunlight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like so many things have to be right for you to be able to maneuver this gracefully. Mm-hmm. And so I added in a couple of, of whole eggs, you mm-hmm. know, because still at the time I was eating raw food, 100%. So I just like dropped a couple eggs into my smoothies or whatever it sounds weird it's like doing the rocky thing but um it just made it taste like cake batter <laughs> and so I, I was having those for breakfast it's just like i got a, just super charged it was like a, my battery got turned on you know mm-hmm. and so i started to just question things and, and wonder like where's that ratio for me mm-hmm. that i'm going to be able to eat a high raw diet because i know the benefits of that i know what it feels like mm-hmm. and also have the appropriate animal foods for me where I am right now that I'm okay with ethically, you know? Definitely. And not to mention too, like vitamin B12. I know I'm not a person who is even interested in nutrition. And that's one of the reasons why I love you because you make everything so easy to understand and digestible. But Mm. I think too, that's even something that I've struggled with is I know eating a completely raw diet. I know for me, I, and I think Everybody, who if you're completely vegan, not eating any animal products, you're not getting enough vitamin B12, which is super, super important. So I know I, I haven't, I don't eat eggs, but that's something that I have considered is like, I'm like, I don't want to be taking a supplement for my B12. Something is a little off and maybe it is that 5%, like you said, the 5% that does matter, but keep going. Okay. No, this is a great, this is a wonderful place to touch because that was one of my concerns that I thought was my issue at the time was like, I must be low B12, but mm-hmm. you can actually, your, 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 your body can store a substantial amount that you can get by on for up mm-hmm. to, upwards of seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, So my B12 wasn't too low at the time, mm-hmm. um, but I still like, well, maybe it's still low for me, you know, because yeah. the markers, you know, I, I've also been uh, one of the kind of leading experts in looking at blood work and understanding how your blood truly does tell a story. And I was working with uh, Dr. Karen Vieira in this program, uh, blood, uh, your blood work decoded. And just mm-hmm. so teaching people how to look at their blood work. But anyway, so for me, I want people to walk away understanding even those markers, the standards of what's supposed to be healthy, that might not be what's healthy for you mm-hmm. and your unique genetics. Okay. Because some people walk around with higher um, total cholesterol than other people, and that's where they're supposed to be. And that's okay. And they can live to be 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the conversation about cholesterol 50% of the people who have heart disease. And heart attacks do not have high cholesterol. So that is not the causative agent right there. It mm-hmm. throws big holes in that theory, which is, you know, it's another theory. So anyways, B12. So the first thing I did was, okay, so this, there's B12 is the issue. I'm really not into taking supplements, synthetic anything. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, um, what is B12? How is it created? Well, this is a really result of bacteria. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just like, okay, well, I need to do all this fermentation and <laughs> this kind of thing and making sure that my gut environment is right and, and friendly for this. Or what about spirulina? Spirulina has um, has B12. Mm-hmm. Oh, come to find out, it's like it's a B12 analog. It's not the actual B12 that the human body really needs. I mean, that, that will show up on your on your blood work, you know, getting your getting your test done. What does that mean, B12 analog? Like it's it's similar to B12, but it isn't actually B12? Exactly. Just okay. we'll just keep it like that. Okay. Nice and simple. <laughs> that works. That's what it is. You know, it's very so for example, there's like um there's I, I believe there's four different types of B12, okay? So even when we're talking about vitamins and minerals and all this stuff, there's different versions of all of it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like even the the table of elements, like Mendeleev's table of elements, mm-hmm. th- that's from ash. Okay, so that's calcium ash, magnesium ash. That's when it's dead, mm-hmm. right? 
That's not what we want. Mm. You know, what does it do when it's alive? What does it mean when it's bioactive, you know? So anyways, let me get off my soapbox on that. <laughs> so I tried that. I was doing spirulina out the out the yeah (laughs) i was just i was spiraling it it up you know in my smoothies and my juices and my salads and um just couldn't push the the meter on that Mm -hmm. so then of course i looked into supplementation finally Uh, and by the way if you do supplement use methylcobalamin is the form methyl means methylated means um it's 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 more i don't let's see i don't want to not explain this right but basically (laughs) methylation is kind of like um detoxify broken down Okay. okay, so it's easier for for the human body to assimilate it. Um, but again, I always look to what's natural. What have humans been doing the longest? Because that's probably where you need to find yourself. Mm-hmm. And we have not been taking synthetic supplements for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those other sources, and it's just kind of like, where are you okay ethically? Would be like, you know, some kind of um, something in the sea. You know, so maybe we can get into like, um, you know, oysters or. Um, we could start talking about things like krill. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get B12 there, but oysters, yes. But krill is another thing that's kind of like on that border mm-hmm. of like, is this like a, it's almost a plant. It's barely, you know, it's like a microscopic shrimp. And mm-hmm. the reality is, you know, we're consuming a lot of microorganisms, even if you're vegetarian or vegan, mm-hmm. because they're just kind of, they're there on our food. We just can't see it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so anyways, um, for me, it was the the cholesterol thing. And by adding in a little bit and finding that right ratio for myself, now I've been able to have a high raw diet. So, for example, I guess I could share what I had today. I had sure. a little bit of, of, of protein from pasture-raised uh, animal, mm-hmm. um, just a small piece. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was like, I don't know, um, two ounces. Mm-hmm. I had an avocado slice, and then I topped that with dulse flakes Yum. Um, for all my potassium. And then I had some uh, cooked greens because for me, I don't jive well with uncooked greens, you okay. know, so uncooked like collards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put so many incredible herbs in there. So like turmeric and cayenne. So most of my plate was vegetarian food. And matter of fact, about half of that was raw food mm-hmm. uh, with my avocado. And also I had some sauerkraut, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we really want to walk away with. And mm-hmm. By the way, I got to say this one little thing is that when I first started uh, on my on my path with uh, with raw food in particular, I would meet experts uh, like uh, Jameis Sheridan, for example, who created Vitamineral Green. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people know about that. And he would be speaking and I would talk to him afterwards. And it's just like because he's like not eating all raw food. I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Why can't you do it? You know, and I'm like six months into it. <laughs> And not understanding that over time, you know, um, is where some of the deficiencies, some of the things can kind of, you know, get out of whack for you. And it's not that the raw food diet is like, oh, there's some problem or there's some deficiency imminent here. Mm-hmm. It's more so it's what's best for you. You've got to look at what's best for you and your genetics and, and where you live in the world as well. Because yep. many winters, I was drinking green smoothies for breakfast, you know, and freezing my bones. <laughs> Yeah. And I think what we need or what feels right can change over time, too, that sometimes it could and that could be for a variety of reasons. Like you said, if we have a a high store of, you know, we've got a ton of B12 and then we're not getting any for years and that dwindles. So we're starting to feel a bit different or sometimes it can be even variety or something else is changing your the level of athletics you're doing is changing. And, And I think sometimes what worked for you today isn't going to work for you in five years. And I think it's really important to be aware of what's going on, how you feel. And do you think that's true? You need to switch it up or how frequently does a person need to switch it up? My ultimate goal with my message and and what I do is helping to create a model, you know, a guidance system for people to start to listen to themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. to start to listen to your body again, because that's the ultimate uh, map. You know, that's the ultimate guiding system but we're so disconnected from our own bodies you know and it is so true that i know because i probably you and i are much more connected to our bodies and the people listening to us but i know there's so many people who literally are not making the connection between what they're eating and how they're feeling and literally they're not realizing that 
the connection because once you start to feel it and be like oh that didn't feel good or oh i feel so sleepy after lunch now right but there's a huge amount of people that are just not even at that level and i think i know you're touching a ton of people and me too and i think that that's the most satisfying people to help is to help go from almost like a zero of body awareness not even how it looks just how you feel and getting in touch with that is so important so i'm really on board with that being one of your big missions yeah and of course at that point too we also have to have the willingness to listen you know once we can hear we have to be the will have the willingness to listen and it might go outside of our our paradigm you know our, our mental construct about what we should be doing mm-hmm. you know and even in within the the vegan paradigm you know for me i was eating a lot of soy mm-hmm. you know it's just like kind of that was my protein source right and mm-hmm. then to get to a place where I hadn't been feeling that great for a while. You know, like, for example, after Thanksgiving, you know, eating a tofurkey, right? This big processed ball of soy (laughs) crap, right? And just wondering, like, wait a minute, I'm eating vegan food. So I had to question and be willing to listen to that. Maybe soy wasn't that great for me. Mm -hmm. And shifting over and and focusing more on uh, other things, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of soy. So less Mm -hmm. processed. vegetarian sources of protein, which again, goes back to spirulina is number one for me, mm-hmm. uh, finding creative ways to get in there. And then also, you know, most of the foods that are going to be a little bit higher percentage protein in the raw vegan uh, community are going to be fat dominant foods. Mm-hmm. You know, So hemp mm-hmm. is another great one. Um, avocados, nuts and seeds, they're fat dominant, but they have a nice ratio of protein in there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found to be most effective for people who want to really sustain a, a, a vibrancy about them is is doing a higher fat and protein raw and or vegan approach and a little bit lower carbohydrate because mm-hmm. a, a higher ratio of carbohydrate tends to create something called uh, advanced glycation end products or ages AGEs okay? what are they so, so this is like your um, your proteins are getting like your your, your body is just like getting sticky like proteins in your body are like sticking together. <laughs> It's just like you become like internal gooey. You know? so <laughs> internal like, oh, gooey I, is bad. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we want to be careful with that and also keeping insulin elevated, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're eating carbohydrates, that's the food source that turns on insulin, right? So here's a big takeaway also for testosterone in guys, and then I'll talk about the opposite for women. Sure. Um, in guys, insulin upregulates aromatization. Insulin upregulates the conversion of our testosterone into estrogen. What does that mean? Which, which, which part? The whole thing. <laughs> okay. So aromatization is a process of where your free testosterone, your the male sex hormone, which women have it as well, mm-hmm. and guys have estrogen as well, mm-hmm. but we just have more. Right. Um, it's very valuable for a man to be have his male characteristics, his his sex drive, his 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 drive period. That's the hormone within women too that makes you feel driven and and and, and capable and aggressive and strong, mm-hmm. right? And it's valuable for all of us. But for guys, when they starts to go down, you don't feel you don't feel capable anymore very mm-hmm. quickly. And so, so wh- how do you get this in food? Does it come from food? No, you cannot get this in food. This is a process <laughs> that happens. Actually, aromatization takes place in your fat cells. So the more fat you have, in particular belly fat, the more this process is happening. So it becomes like this vicious circle that people can't get out of Mm -hmm. until they back off on those carbohydrates, like big time at first, you know, because it's not that carbohydrates are bad. You've got to find the right ratio for you, Mm -hmm. fuel, your exercise, your recovery, whatever it is, your hormones. But once you reach what I call the carbohydrate tipping point, Mm -hmm. you have something called spillover. And there's a lot of there's a lot of vegans experiencing this as well, where they're eating, you know, um, a tremendous amount of carbohydrates and wondering why I can't lose weight. Mm-hmm. Right? So spillover is when your muscle glycogen gets full. So that's the muscle sugar from the carbohydrates. Then your body shifts over and starts to fill up your liver glycogen. Mm-hmm. Once those two things are topped off, then something called lipogenesis happens. Lipo means fat. Genesis means creation. Your body literally creates more fat. Mm-hmm because of the carbohydrates you've eaten, all right? This is how it happens. Like I just broke that down in like two minutes, <laughs> process of people getting bigger, right? Yeah. 
So how do we turn this around? Insulin is your body's number one fat storing hormone. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the biggest takeaway probably for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Insulin is, is your body's number one fat storing hormone. Most of the times when we hear insulin, we automatically think of diabetes. Yes. Insulin is important for all of us. It's how we store our energy, which fat is potential energy. But it's when it gets out of whack. It's when it's constantly going that problems can happen. So coming back, and I must say I am following along a little better because I happened to this morning was listening to one of your recent podcasts about the liver. And you were yeah. talking about some of the stuff too, which was, yeah. I, I learned a lot even today about that. But regarding, so would you say carbs are like the number one bad thing? Ooh. Lord, or it can't yeah, be, it no. can't be, because, <laughs> because it can't be boiled down to one number one yeah. bad thing. Yeah. Is no, that your I objection? Don't, I don't like, I mean, I didn't even like that Michael Jackson song bad. I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like the word. Because it, here's the thing, when you tell somebody something is bad or that they can't do something, yes, if you tell they'll a kid, they'll fight you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. If you tell a kid like, don't do that, they're gonna do it. I know. Humans, we have this innate drive to not be put into a box. We want freedom, mm-hmm. you know. And so they will play havoc in our subconscious when we know that some we're not supposed to do something, instead of focusing more on you know all the stuff you get to do. Yes. And so I, I, I completely agree with that because that's one of the things that I loved about Raw for me was at least I could, would be like, well, within this box, I can have all of these things. Um, yeah, yeah yes. exactly. That's but how I – same here. But I don't, I don't know science, so let's move away from science because I start to have that glazed look. But I, I like <laughs> to boil it down. So like could yeah, we – I know you said – this is one thing that you said was like insulin is the body's fat-storing hormone. Right. But I don't even really know what that means. Like, I understand the idea of insulin. Because if this is a big takeaway that you think is important for our audience, okay. let's, if you had to descri- explain that to a five-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, because, this is no problem. But, no problem. Okay, go. All right. So, <laughs> let's say you eat a banana. Okay? Yes. So, you eat a banana, and now there's all of this sugar. It's in your bloodstream from the banana. Yes. Okay, so now your body's job is to get that sugar out of your bloodstream because in your bloodstream, it's kind of dangerous. It's like little pieces of glass, all right? It can start to tear up stuff pretty quickly, okay? This is why a lot of people with insulin resistance, diabetes, lose limbs. Yes. Lose their vision, right? Because that bl- that, that there's too much sugar circulating in their blood. Okay. So your body has to get it out of your blood as quick as possible. So what happens is, Insulin is secreted because insulin can actually open up your cells so the blood the the sugar can get out of your blood and get stored into your cell. It's like a it's like a it's like, it's like a, a key. It's like a life raft going around and like picking up the shards of sugar. Yeah, and then transporting them right into the safe haven of a cell, <laughs> okay. right? Or I was just going to say it's like insulin is like a lock. Right? I mean, I'm sorry, it's like a key and the cell is locked. Sugar wants to get in there, but it's locked. Insulin comes over and unlocks a door, and the sugar can flow in on that little raft, right? So that's how it works. That's how insulin stores fat in your cells, okay? So now it's not in your bloodstream anymore, but your cells can start to get, you know, issues with, you know, having too too much fat stored in them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, so we talked about once we reach a certain point, um, then we start to have this lipogenesis process happen, or your cells can start to become less sensitive to insulin, right? And that's called insulin resistance. So now we've got this issue with so much sugar being in your blood no matter what. Is it like the, the life raft guy is like, there's way too much, I can't, right. I, I give up. And he's just like it's, in it's there like on his phone. It's like Baywatch times <laughs> a thousand, it's like Baywatch and like Godzilla's on the beach. <laughs> much going on, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. But the bottom line is this, is that carbohydrates are not bad. It's Mm -hmm. just we want to have the right amount of carbohydrates for us. Yes. Right. We don't want to go past that. So I call it your carbohydrate tipping point. Mind your carbohydrate tipping point. And by the way, um, I talk about this like for free, like people would sign up for my emails and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I give like master classes on this stuff. And also in my show, you know, the, the model health show. Uh, we, you know this too. It's like we do master classes, so people walk away feeling so much more empowered and just like I feel that any teacher 
their job is to make you feel smarter. Totally. You know, you should not walk away feeling like, dude, I just, I'm dumb. Like, I just don't get it, you know? You should always um, strive to, to help to communicate this stuff better. And everybody even listening as well, it's your job to kind of take this on, assimilate this, and then share mm -hmm. with the people you care about. But understanding that this is a powerful principle, I always want to share this whenever I get the opportunity, is that the meaning of a communication is the response that you get. Mm -hmm. Okay. The meaning of a communication is the response that you get. If you don't get the response that you wanted, then you did mm -hmm. not communicate that properly. Mm -hmm. Right. And this, what I'm sharing right now will help you so much in relationships. And I feel that your relationship is the number one influential factor in your health. Mm -hmm. If well, you're not, oh, no, sorry. go, no, you go. If you're not, if you're not communicating something, if you just like, they don't get it. And oftentimes in relationships, we think that it's 50, 50, right? You should get it because I'm communicating something. That's not how it works. If you really want to be empowered, because that's giving your power away. That's putting it on them to try to figure you out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Instead of understanding it's 100% my responsibility, especially when you're upset, when you're sad, when you're hungry, when you're tired. It can be very difficult to, to, to take this on and be like, I know what Sean said. I know it. But no, forget Sean. You know? But to remember that it's 100% our responsibility to communicate things properly. You know, because that's where real change happens and uh, seek first to understand. And I think that is so clear to me when we listen to your podcast. It's the Model Health Show. It's awesome because for me, as you can tell, I'm trying to learn more about nutrition, but I have major resistance about it. But I absolutely love you can tell that you believe what you just said on your podcast when you're talking about stuff with your co-host and like that that's the whole idea is I can tell you love to you're a teacher and I think that's one of the things that makes your message so powerful and I know we're going to be running out of time and I want to tell talk about one other subject just before we're sure. wrapping up here sure. is the idea of sleep because this is something we haven't touched on on my show at all in okay. terms of the idea of how because we know athletics like moving fitness is important we know nutrition is important I know you have your book called Sleep Smarter that talks a lot about the issues related to sleep and how it impacts everything else. Mm. What is maybe one or two of the key pieces related to sleep that we need to know? Okay. Wow, this is a tough one. Okay, so the, as you mentioned, so my, my book Sleep Smarter, so this is my latest book, and it's been a number one bestseller on Amazon for six months. Mm-hmm. Six months. All That's right? amazing. And it's because of one thing. It's because people are concerned about this. People are finally starting to understand like sleep matters, you mm -hmm. know, um, because it's the whole topic has been put off for a long time because it's just weird. You know, it's just like, what is sleep? <laughs> you know, like it's just like you're practicing to be dead. It's just so weird. And if you've got a busy schedule, you've got 10 things to do and sleep is one of them. Mm -hmm. You're going to skip the sleep. A lot of people are going to skip it. Not understanding that that high quality sleep is going to make you perform exponentially better on the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. So we go through all of that in the book, but the book is 21 proven tips to sleep your way to a better body, better health and bigger success. Mm -hmm. And in it, these 21 strategies also give power tips and how it actually applies to your life, what you can do and walk away with. So there's so many, there's like 40 things I could say right now as far as walk away tips, but I'll just share a couple, but yes. I highly encourage you not for my pocket, because the book does not cost that much mm -hmm. for you, for your health and your longevity and for you to feel as good as you possibly can because sleep, and I'll share this one little nugget, sleep is a force multiplier. Sleep will radically improve things in your life or radically make it worse, mm -hmm. depending on where you lie on that spectrum. And it's not about the sleep quantity. It's not about, I never say you need to get eight hours of sleep or nine hours of sleep. It's how much time can you spend how much time can you get your body into stage three and four sleep? That's the deep sleep. That's non-REM sleep. Mm -hmm. That's when you're most anabolic. That is the most anabolic state a human can be in. And anabolic means building up and healing. Okay. So healing takes place when you're asleep. So all the stuff we do as far as taking in the healing foods, mm -hmm. mm, no, it's happening when you're asleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because when you're awake, it's catabolic. That's just the nature of the game. And it's not that that's bad. It's the yin and yang. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... With that said, uh, here's a couple of strategies. Strategy number one, um, I like to share this one because it's so 
tangible and close and people get this. And also it ties back to the exercises that there was a study done at Appalachian State University. They split exercisers into three different groups. Group one exercised at 7 a.m. Group two exercised at 1 p.m. Mm -hmm. Group three exercised at 7 p.m. What they discovered was that group A, who, who exercised in the morning, spent up to 75% more time in deep sleep at night. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. So it's just like exercise in the morning will help you sleep better at night. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the walk away with this? This does not mean you got to hit the gym in the morning. If that's not what you do, but if that is what you do, more power to you. <laughs> and if your sleep is not great, you need to apply the other 21 tips in the book or 20 tips. Mm -hmm. But um, what, this is, what it's saying is that we need to encourage a cortisol spike in the morning. Your cortisol rhythm, and I, I show a graph in the book, your natural cortisol rhythm it should be high in the morning. Between the hours of 6 and 8 is when you naturally, as a human being, have a big secretion of cortisol. Cortisol has been given a bad name It's because it's a stress hormone. It should be up in the morning for the sole purpose of doing activity. That's how we evolve because it's safer during the daytime. At night, it should be ground floor. But a, a lot of people have it flipped, and they're, mm -hmm. they're what we call tired and wired. So, you know, they're like, I'm going to go to bed early tonight, but they're at 10, 11 o'clock, you're on YouTube, like going through all these different videos, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what you want to do is get that cortisol, encourage a high cortisol spike in the morning by doing some physical exertion. Mm -hmm. So this could be when you hit the gym, or it could be when you do a power walk, some rebounding, doing some, um, some yoga that'll kind of get a sweat going, mm -hmm. or even if you have four freaking minutes just four minutes you can do tabata you can dance that's one like just dance yes. that's my favorite I'm it's like the only right exercise now. i do i'm dancing right now Love you can it. do it right so absolutely all these great options and it can start your day off first plus you're going to feel good you're going to get the endorphins going the encephalines you're going to feel good um, but it's also going to help you sleep better at night because for me um, the last maybe six months I've been, I, I, because I experiment, you know, that's mm -hmm. why I do what I do. And I've been working out in the afternoon, the early afternoon. So I work out around four or five. And there are some benefits there as well, but we're not going to get into that. But I always, every morning, do some physical activity. Okay. Every morning, no matter so what. So that is your tip for better sleeping. Not even, it's not an exercise tip. It's like if you can get that cortisol up in the morning, then you'll sleep better. So that's the idea for that precisely okay you got it. you got it can we squeeze in one more tip absolutely absolutely let me think of one that's a little bit that people might not have heard of yet let me think here okay how about oh were you about to say something no go okay <laughs> well, i was wondering if i should spill this fill the space because i'm so lucky that I am self-employed, I work from home, and one of the things I value the most is never having to set my alarm. And I don't have little ones that mm. are crawling into bed with me, waking me up or anything. So I really, really value my sleep, and I know how important that is for all other areas. So I'm loving this, so Congratulations. Go. Thank you. We all, you gotta clap it up. <laughs> because there's a lot of people who are in your situation, similar, similar situation, who don't understand the value of sleep. You know, and they tell me how tired they are. I'm just like, you don't have no kids. <laughs> you, you know, anyways. But um, so here's another tip. Um, make sure that you are not deficient in this extremely powerful. It's, it's called the anti-stress mineral. All right. Mm -hmm. And that mineral is magnesium. Hmm. Now, what the research shows, and I've document this in the book as well, is that chronic insomniacs across the board were deficient in magnesium. Wow. Right? And they found that once they helped them to get their magnesium levels up, the insomnia symptoms went away. All right? Not, a, not for everybody, mm -hmm. but it's part of the puzzle. So with that said, here's the walkaway tip. It's not about trying to take a magnesium supplement. Again, yep. uh, when you do that, if anybody's ever had this experience of taking like magnesium calm or any kind of magnesium supplement, if you take too much, you'll have to run to the bathroom, Ooh. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And for number two, okay, so yes. you got to be careful because it pulls more water to your bowels. Your body is not assimilating a lot of that and you're actually going to become dehydrated because you're going to mm -hmm. be pooping too mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is number one, um, make sure we're getting it in our food, natural whole food. So green vegetables and all this green superfoods we talked about earlier, spir spirulina, yep. uh, chlorella, those are going to be great. So it's magnesium. But even still, that might not tip the scale for you. 
Um, what we've discovered is that topical magnesium is the real solution. What um, is this like a, a like a cream? It's actually so. What I use is something called. I'm not. I'm not going to share it, Ooh. but it's a magnesium spray. It's in the book. Okay. Right? There's a specific one because if you go right now, you go to a local um, uh, health food store or Whole Foods, they're going to have magnesium lotions or uh, magnesium um, oil, right? Okay. And what you'll see is when you rub that in your skin, it's going to flake up. And that's because it's not all available. Like your body's not going to absorb all that. Mm -hmm. because And there's something else blocking it. There's something there that shouldn't be there. The magnesium spray that I use is 100% bioavailable. I've been using every single night. I used it last night, and it helps me. And I notice when I don't have it because I don't use stuff all the time. It just helps me to get that extra one, two percent of mm -hmm. high quality sleep, and that can mean a lot. Mm -hmm. So, number one, it improves the sleep quality. Number two, it helps you to recover. Like I do some pretty crazy stuff in the gym, and without that magnesium, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably feel beat up all the time. <laughs> You know, so it helps you recover. It also is important for your brain, for your energy, mm -hmm. right? ATP, which people might have heard of, that's basically your cellular energy. We're not going to get all into this, but mm -hmm. if you look at it really, and this I learned this about a year ago when I was doing research, it's not ATP, it's MGATP. So it's magnesium binded with ATP is mm -hmm. how we have energy as human beings. Magnesium is that important. Wow. So definitely look into, and in the book I give my, my resource for this, Okay. Uh, for the magnesium it's the best the best of ever so, um yeah so there's another tip i to love it how to get better sleep this is amazing well i think everybody if you're enjoying sean on the show today you simply must listen to the model health show it's amazing he gets really in-depth with good health-related fitness and nutrition stuff but also not too in-depth just like how he helped me to understand insulin the baywatch <laughs> the Baywatch insulin. Godzilla. And so, um, and maybe, Sean, you could tell us a little bit more about where people could find you or sure. connect more with you. Sure. So thank you so much, really, for having me on. And thank you for the kind words. And uh, so the show is The Model Health Show, as you mentioned. And you can find us on iTunes. We're usually up there in the top somewhere. Mm -hmm, number um, one. It's just like, blue blows my mind. You know? <laughs> um, so we've been featured as number one in health. And that includes like self-help and all those like big names out there. Well, you deserve and it. I'm I'm just not even surprised. <sighs> thank you so much. Ah, thank you. And um, so people can check us out there uh, on iTunes and also Stitcher or whatever resource you're listening through. Of course, you can listen to my website as well, and that's another place to connect with me. My home online is called the Sean Stevenson Model dot com, and it's S H A W N mm -hmm. Stevenson S T E V E N S O N, mm -hmm. or just Google me. You'll mm -hmm. you'll find me there. I'll pop right up. And I'm pretty new to the social media game. It's been since about let's see, maybe last April when I got kind of like serious on on Twitter and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So this is this might be the first interview, maybe second interview I've ever even mentioned this. But so I'm on Twitter at Sean Model. Mm -hmm. on Facebook at Sean Model. And we've got, you know, a couple thousand people there, you know, even though I haven't done any of this stuff. Um, so we're communicating, I'm sharing great tips. And with Twitter, I love it because it's just like the random little studies I come across <sighs> or stuff I want to share. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And people connect with me there. I'm, I'm always, honestly, I'm answering questions there first. Yep. I get I get at least 50 emails a day, mm -hmm. just people asking me questions, not to mention all the other stuff. So I've got 5,000 something unread emails right now. I'm trying to get on top of it. <laughs> Twitter is just like, boom, I'm right there. And I'm new to Instagram as well. Just did that like two months ago. So I'm mm -hmm. at Sean there as well. Amazing. Well, I am going to be mindful of your time and let you go right now, Sean. Thank you so much for being here on the Raw Food Podcast. I've loved every minute and I've learned a lot. And I'm going to just say thank you so much. And everybody, the Model Health Show, you'll really learn a lot if you're like me and you need to learn more about your body. You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Raw Tarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste amazing. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter 
And once you've signed up for that, you'll automatically get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan Alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.